0: yeah, it's funny. Um I mean, i I can read what's that someone's going through some stuff, but I don't, especially in more intimate relationships, I guess, I'm more let's just get through it or whatever. Yeah. right. And my wife is a super feeler. like she is off the charts empathetic. I'm off the charts as a thinker. So even how I understand emotional intelligence and thinking is I understand patterns.
1: Life is gonna give you challenges, struggles. It's gonna force you to face your fears. Even though these may feel like your worst enemy, in truth, these are actually your greatest allies. My name is Lance Isios. Welcome to the University of Adversity. And we're back. What's happening, everybody? Thank you so much for coming and hanging out with us today. If this is your first time, welcome. If you're a regular listener, welcome back. I just want to give my, you know, sincere appreciation and gratitude to all of you listeners that come and hang out with us three times a week. I really appreciate you. And if this is your first time at University of Adversity and you want to stay on top of all these episodes, they come out Monday, Wednesday, Friday. So I highly suggest you subscribe on Apple and if you get any value from this leave us a review it's always greatly appreciated on apple we can see your feedback or if you tag tag us in a story what your takeaway was on social media is always greatly appreciated i love to just see that this is making impact and any of that gives me that confidence that it is so i'm going to continue to bring the heat continue to bring these amazing guests and add value into your life because i know we all go through adversity and challenges I want to give you the tips, tools, resources so that you can walk away with this with useful tactics so that you can get through this, these tough times, these challenges, because we are powerful. And sometimes we just need the tools or to hear the right person at the right time to get through this stuff. And I know you guys listening understand that, but I really want to continue to deliver this to you. So um, I love you guys. So my next guest His name is Mike Zeller. This guy's incredible. I asked him a lot of questions that I think you guys are really gonna be interested in. Mike's businesses have generated nine figures in sales, but in one three-year period, he personally lost well over a million dollars and ended up having to liquid many of his assets to pay off a total of almost 2.2 million in debt. This led to his newest book, Twice Born, how a crisis can remake you in which he shares on how this crisis was actually a gift for remaking himself. Now, this is crisis, adversity, challenges. All of these show up in our lives, you guys. And um, it's so important to be able to learn from these stories that even successful people in business go through these hard times, but it's how you bounce back. How do you get through it? You know, how do you keep going? And, and realize that you have it in you. That's the mission, right? And what we really got into today was I asked them a lot of questions about entrepreneurship, um, all the different things, like how do you find your zone of genius? How do you bring out that potential? Why do entrepreneurs fail? What is the things that are stopping them, right? What? How does one business succeed versus a, one failing? These are all the things that we wanna know. I also asked them, Questions about how do you realize like if you're coming from your ego, which is like, you know, usually a place of fear versus your soul, which is a place of love. Where, how, where do you sit in that? Like, how do we distinguish who the right audience is? Who your right avatar is? Is your product worthy to sell to somebody? Is it the right product? All this stuff really jam packed full information Highly suggest that you listen to this right till the end, and I promise you, you're going to get value. And also, make sure after the show to check out Mike because the guy's amazing and super inspiring. So enjoy the show, Mike Zeller, coming right up. Here we go, Mike. What's happening, brother? How are you today? Man, it's been <laughs> great, my
0: friend. I'm excited to connect.
1: So, where are you at right
0: now? You said you're in Dublin. Yeah, in Dublin, Ireland, where. Uh, We have a goal that once every year we go to one of the world's 50 most beautiful cities. And this year we actually are going to two uh, and go and live in that city for a month. So we went to uh, Charleston uh, earlier back in May and June. And then right now we're in Dublin for a little while. So enjoying enjoying this beautiful, amazing city filled with lots of Guinness, flows in Guinness.
1: (laughs) Man, Dublin's awesome. I was there in, I think, 2006 for St. Paddy's Day. Oh dude, that would
0: have been awesome.
1: Yeah, man. It's uh it's pretty beautiful on the coast there. And the people there there's something about the Irish man. They're they're a lot of fun. They're a lot of fun.
0: (laughs) Yeah, we're we're loving it. My wife it's my wife's favorite country, so that's part of part of why we came.
1: Awesome man. So how is everything going for you the last few months? You know, walk us through a bit of your journey through all this craziness. I always lately I'd like to start there because I mean it's kind of like the adversity in all of our lives. It's kind of the challenges and and it's really interesting to hear how people are doing with everything.
0: Yeah, you know, um a lot of my income, a lot of my joy and and business model has been built on in-person events, mainly masterminds. So if, you know, I had one an e-commerce mastermind with my buddy Colin Wayne that we postponed it for like three months, basically, because of all the COVID stuff. But we finally had it last weekend. And, uh, and you know, I'm actually this will be my best month in about a year and a half. Uh, it already is basically like on it's already booked like it's August the 5th and uh, I've got 25 more days and it's already on, uh, easily booked for my best month in a long time and you know what's what i shifted is i had to shift to adding uh some one-on-one vip coaching packages um that have been really good um i also had to pivot to just being more thoughtful with locations uh for the mastermind Mm -hmm. um because people are still longing to get together like we want to be we long to belong as human beings so um i I think just being aware of of that human need that supersedes the human need in most cases for safety um and and if you're an entrepreneur you're like we feel like we're invincible and we're not gonna get it (laughs) or we need to grow anyhow like our mission is more important than certain things so we're gonna go after it so
1: yeah it's kind of the real the real life challenge it's been (laughs) it's Yeah, man. It's been an interesting time to see how people adapt. It's like if you don't have the tools, the people that don't have the tools are the ones that really emotionally got affected by it. You know, Because everybody got affected in some way or another and they still do. But do you notice that some people that just, the people that haven't really done the work have kind of been affected more throughout this? Do you find that?
0: Yeah, definitely. I think if, if you've not done some deep internal work, and fortunately for me, I'd already been through Like my health season was 2018, 2019. So like I'm, I'm in a building season. Like it's, (laughs) uh, it's like I'm unstoppable in the midst of this is what it feels like. Mm. And, um, and also being willing to pivot. Like I did start looking more strategically for partnerships that actually started in February. Like, Hey, like, how can I leverage what I already know? Um, But like find new audiences and and that happened partly because of the season of hell that I went through in rebuilding um and stripping down to the core essentials in in entrepreneurship and business for me.
1: Mm. How did you get in let's let's start back and I want to come back to present day and everything. Mm-hmm. How did you walk us through a little bit of your story because so you're a business architect, entrepreneur, mentor, you got fifteen plus businesses, multiple different industries. Were you always into this or like walk us through a bit of your journey of how you even got into all this stuff?
0: Yeah. So, you know, basically in my, about 2013, I would say is we'll rewind back there. I Mm -hmm. I went through like a broken relationship at the beginning of the year. I had two relationships, I'm sorry, two businesses that were just pretty much totally in the gutter. Um, No money coming in. I actually had to pay money to keep them alive for a little bit. And fortunately got both those businesses resurrected and got my emotions resurrected, partly through Tony Robbins, you know, knowing how to control your state and all those things. Um, And I ended up having a record year that year. Um, By the the last eight months of the year, I just crushed it. And I, I set some big goals, but big action, invested deeply in myself, more deeply than I'd ever invested. Um, by joining like Tony Robbins Platinum Partner Program, which is like a $100,000 a year mastermind and all these things, doubled my income, uh, doubled my net worth in 2014, the year after that as well. And I just kept expanding. I started adding like it seemed like every year I was starting two or three businesses. And and then finally, you know, really in 2017, some some chinks in the armor started happening where, uh, you know, had. I had multiple things where it's like hey this investor promised 50,000 never comes up with the 50,000 this other 50,000 doesn't happen this 100,000 doesn't happen for this other project and whatever and then suddenly I'm carrying so much financial weight of so many businesses that uh you know I was just kind of uh, at risk really and then mm-hmm. 2018 comes I get married My expenses are way up, but right 45 days before I get married, my cash cow business that was kind of sustaining everything. um, My team, it was a real estate business. My team um, has some issues with my partner. I um, don't handle it as well as I could have um, in terms of just, hey, I need to make some hard decisions, cut ties, hold the team together. I didn't do that in hindsight um, and I lose the team. We lose the team, lose the business. And uh, so then I I go from having this cash cow business that is five to 10 hours a week that sustains everything to that's gone and and I gotta get married and I'd already had all these people booked for coming to Florence, Uh, Italy. We had a 60 person wedding in Florence plus a 100 person uh, wedding celebration in Nashville and uh and then i had a real estate flip that went sideways too that a lot ended up losing a couple hundred grand so it was like uh, about a half a million dollar supreme hit to my bottom line that year mm-hmm. and in terms of cash and profit and uh and that just that was a tough pill to swallow and i'm just now almost to the point where i've paid off those debts and some others i had accumulated other debts you know i had a lot of different businesses, um, but I'll have paid off about two point three million dollars worth of debt in about eighteen months. When it's all said and done,
1: wow! So, what would you say was the differences between the ones that failed or the ones that you've struggled with versus the ones that you've been successful with? Were there some things like walk us through that a little bit? because yeah. that's so interesting on how certain ones. You know, fail and certain ones don't. Some succeed.
0: You know, a couple things. I'd, I'd say for a business to succeed, usually the key people have to be in the right positions or your zone of genius, as I, I like to describe it. You have, to have You have to know your core avatar and mm. truly have an irresistible offer that serves that avatar and then be able to deliver consistently on that and then, of course, you have to have your financials. You know, your cash flow, your your cash in the bank, your profitability—all those things consistent. Um, and and there's really, you know, at the maturity level, whatever level that business is at. You know, if you're if you're a toddler business, the business needs different things. If you're say a teenager business, it means a different form of leadership and different. Um, uh, different systems, different structures. So be having an awareness around that. And I, I just had, you know, I had w- where I'm freaking amazing is I'm a creator on the wealth dynamics test. I'm really good at starting stuff. I'm really good at developing out a brand identity and um, a core, to some extent, a core avatar where I'm not great. I'm not great at automatic lead generation. I'm not great at um, the pure, you know, digital marketing elements of it. I understand it all. I can make effective decisions, but I'm also not great at operations. And so if I look at all those things um, and financial numbers, like I've I've made too many dumb mistakes um, investing in businesses that didn't have a real bright future, you know? Mm. And, and so I need to, (laughs) as I go forward, it's like, I'm a lot wiser now of, partnering with people that are strong about weaknesses.
1: Right. And staying in your zone of genius, which is what you talk about. Yep. Right. That is. So why is that so important? Because so many people, it's like they do things because they have to, to make money versus doing things that they're passionate about. And what is the difference between your zone of genius versus like your passions and mm-hmm. kind of following that? Like, how does that differ?
0: Yeah. So in terms of zona of genius uh, versus your passions, for me, passion, values, and passions are one fourth of the picture. Mm. So I've literally got a diagram where on the left it's like a bullseye diagram. On the left is your unique abilities, like where you're really gifted. It's it's kind of your badass and suck ass list. You you know you have those things that you kick ass at and the things that you suck ass. Up above is your unique relationships. Like, uh, like for me, I've got all these relationships in the author and the speaker world. So naturally, now I'm starting to tap into that and create books. Uh, Then the third quadrant is your unique life experiences. For example, for me, I've got um, I've had you know all these different businesses. Not all of them have succeeded. Um, So I've got a lot of things that intersects with my values and passions, which are the fourth thing values and passions. So the entrepreneurs, the people that are in the entrepreneurial spirit is what I'm most uh, am most excited about. And so when I look at my life experiences, successes and failures, my unique relationships, tons of entrepreneurs, tons of thought leaders, tons of coaches, tons of podcasts, you know, YouTube, uh, celebrities, whatever. And then my unique abilities, intersection, and all that is your zone of genius for me. That's my process. Um, and when you get really deeply aligned, man, that's where you find joy, you find passion and profitability.
1: Yeah, that's, it makes a lot of sense. And I also find it fascinating as well, and equally challenging at really figuring out who are we speaking to? Like you talk about your perfect avatar and this is what I find challenging. You know, you have so many people on social media, different people. And it's like, you know, if you speak to too many, you're not speaking to anybody, but like, how do you really figure out like, who am I? Like, how do you know who your, who your crew is? Like who you really, you're supposed to target. You know, do you target the people who you were? Who, who need what you have where you were a few years ago, or do you target the people where you're at now? Like this is the, the, the dance that I find challenging as well. What do you, what do you think about that?
0: Great question, Lance. Um, so I was actually coaching another friend that's in my uh, mastermind on that earlier today. And she's like dropping, uh, basically dropping her current client list in the sense of she doesn't want to serve that she doesn't doesn't want to do business coaching she wants to do like this alignment heart-centered life coaching that's really what lights her up and what we did is we we broke down hey who is it you really want to serve and made her list out people that would bring her life not death and so it's, it's literally, you go through the categories. Hey, what are the things that I love to teach on, the things that light me up, that I feel gifted and competent at, um, and that bring me life. versus on another sheet of paper. What are all the things that bring me death, mm. and that don't bring juice? You know, They don't get my blood flowing. And then, then we listed out, uh, it's almost like the dream 100 list. We started with 25 what are your top 25 prospects? And then challenger, I said, Hey, go and have 30 minute discovery calls with a minimum 10, but if not, ideally 25 have 25 discovery calls, you know, ask the same type of questions, pain points, where, what would you like your ideal future to be like? What, who would you be serving? How would you be showing up or, and, and what would that ask in that client, that ideal prospect? Hey, What would you like to shift in your life over the next year and a half? And what would you like to let go of? And those, then they start telling you, and then you figure out, Hey, can I help these people? And then the ones that you can help the most and that are willing to pay you the money, like it's you know, the bleeding neck question is kind of the final question. Can you afford it? And will you, do you need it? You know, if you have a bleeding neck right now, um, you're like, I right, ten thousand bucks to put stitches in my neck so I don't die. Heck yeah, <laughs> yeah. All right, right. So, that's that's my process, and then you build out all the. I use the uh, version of storyboard uh, Donald Miller's building a story brand. So I have my own storyboard process for the core avatar, based on the hero's journey.
1: Mm, yeah, That's awesome. The hero's journey is great, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, uh, yeah, it's just so interesting because I find it and I, I, I hear from a lot of people. It's, it's just being able to break down what it is exactly the vision and who you actually want to speak to. It's, it's, it seems like such an easy thing, like even talking about setting goals, you know, I want to be here but actually getting clear on the steps and the things and the people is so challenging. And I've, you know, it's, and like, how do you know, I don't know, like, How do you know if what you're choosing is the right way versus you're just doing like, like from your heart versus like your ego? Like, how do you know, how do you, how do you decipher like the, yeah. the right people? Like, cause I find it hard. It's like, which how do we how do we how do we figure that out like how i don't even know if that question makes sense
0: yeah let me ask you this what parts of it do you find hard
1: i'll i'll give you specific in my own life we can just so i've you know come a long way in in transforming you know my life and my mindset of where i was where where i was to now but i find it challenging because I can sometimes go backwards. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: And I, it's, I wonder, yeah, because I wonder if I am speaking to the the person that I needed, you know, if Mm -hmm. that's, or if I'm speaking to the person now, or it's, and then it's really getting clear on like, where does that process even start? Like, how do we, I know you kind of explained it, but Like, how do we even start to like break that down into pieces and like figure out like who we actually are in our truth versus who we think we are, who we used to be, and really like cut out the noise of all the bullshit.
0: (laughs) Yeah, great, great question. Um, So, a big piece that I love to do is I, I mean, when I take my clients through the zone of genius process, literally, like I I had had a client uh, ten days ago. It messaged me on Facebook after she, she read all over personal eye profiles and started doing the exercises. She started crying. She, just started, she could not, she's like, I've been doing this all wrong. And she's been in business for like 11, 12 years. And she'd been playing out a position, like doing stuff that she thought she should do and acting as she thought she should act, you know, and building a business the way so-and-so built the business even though that's not her wiring and her gifting. And and so I was like, you know, I I told her, you know, that's one of the beautiful parts about this process is you're going to get more clarity in this short window than you've ever had in your life about how you're wired and how you're gifted. And for me, my process, I take, when I do the unique abilities, and it, it takes a combination of like, some learning and some self-reflection time, like some thinking time. Most of us don't have enough thinking time. Um, but uh, you know, take them through five different personality tests and the per- tests all show different pieces of, of, of the puzzle. It's almost like different parts of the elephant, right? And then, and then the values and passions are more like, hey, this is your compass and the specific questions and how I ask them and, and how you think about what lights you up versus what brings you death and your happiest, mm-hmm. most fulfilled moments, the moments where you felt your body felt most aligned. And then if another question is like, how, how do we let go of ego? Yeah. Right. Like we we're here to use our gifts, our power, our knowledge to serve not to, not to build our own. I mean, our, our empire will come as we serve.
1: Yeah. How do you, do some people don't even realize what their gifts are either. Right. How how does, how does somebody even, because if you haven't done much work with, you know, journaling and meditation and stuff like Tony Robbins, it's like you got so much clutter and so much crap Mm -hmm. in there. Like you don't even really know what lights you up sometimes. How do you help people that are, that are like, that basically say, I don't know what I like. I don't know what, like, I don't know. Cause there's so many people that are like that. And, you know, and if you haven't done it, I remember being lost, man, you know, coming from playing sports, you know, hockey. And then I was a bartender and running bars and I was fucking lost, man. Lost. And if somebody, if we had talked about this, then I would be like, what, like, how do I even know what I'm good at? Right. So how does somebody even start? If they're, if they're got all that clutter.
0: Yeah. Um, for me, it's, I, the first thing I have them do is I have them take those five personality tests, the wealth dynamics, which shows your natural pathway for building wealth, which is, I think is my favorite test for if they're an entrepreneur, my favorite test. Yeah. Then DISC, Colby strings finder and Myers Briggs and the combination. Then I have them do the self-reflection questions around that. Um, but it's it's like we gotta look look inward before we look outward. Mm. And and so many people are just rushed to, hey, what's the market want? What's the um what can I sell? Like ah, but then you can go years or decades or whole lifetimes being out of the line and missing the mark, and the good is the enemy of the great.
1: Mm. Yeah, it's so true. So many people just doing things because it's it feels like the right thing to do because society is saying that's the thing to do and it's not really what they want to do. Yeah. And then that thing will bring people into their lives that aren't necessarily aligned with them either.
0: Yeah. Constantly
1: take them out of alignment.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And you get suddenly you're, you know, decades down and, and missed, missed elements of who you could have been. There's a proverb that says, Proverbs 1632 says, it's better to have self-control than to conquer a city. It's like, man, that's the essence is like, man, if you, and the very best leaders there, a Harvard business review did a research on, um, leaders, and the very best leaders typically, um, spent, uh, this is from the seventies D Hawk. He was the founder of visa. I actually got to talk to him a couple, uh, oh, a couple yeah. months ago. He's about 95 now. And, that, and, um, he found that, um, uh, very best leaders spent 80% of their time leading themselves. This is where you're doing self-reflection you're reading books on your own you're thinking about what you want to take on, what's aligned, what's not aligned um, before you lead, try and lead others. It's like leading, leading yourself, make sure your emotions are attuned. especially in today's world. You know, if there's fear and uncertainty, then you, you as a leader, you can't be led by fear and uncertainty.
1: No, it's got to come from love. It's got to come from a place of love, not fear. Yeah right? Yeah. So true. Who, who is a, like, what would you say for a leader in your life? And who is somebody that you found to be an amazing leader? And what are, what are some of the things from you that you feel are qualities that are kind of non-negotiables for you as a leader?
0: Yeah. A couple of things for qualities, um, courage, you gotta have have courage uh obviously character because at the end of the day you got to be able to trust and relax into hey it, what someone says uh they will do um obviously things come up sometimes and you can't fulfill every single thing but um and then uh vision and passion doesn't mean like you're this is the most passionate thing like Tony Shea, when he started Zappos, was not like in love with women's shoes. He he enjoyed, was passionate enough about that, but he was really passionate about delivering happiness and creating customer satisfaction, right? So it's not necessarily passion for the product as much as it is passion for the customer, making their day better. Um, and then uh, are they aligned, you know, with with what they're meant to be doing and, uh, and you can unconsciously, um, it's kind of like, you know, you can, you as the reader, you can tell when you're reading something and the font or the the color code is different on a brand than what is normal. You can just un- subconsciously feel like something's off. If you see like a website, like you're, you're reading someone's website and they have like nine different fonts happening. You're like, this is not not consistent. Right, um, but same thing as a leader. People, people can read some subcont- They may not put a finger on it, but they ne- can tell if something is off.
1: Mm. Yeah, and they can see, they can see the person. I was talking about this earlier. I was actually talking about Phil Jackson. Yeah. And how, how he, how, how he's able to see these different people mm-hmm. for what they are where they're at and when to push the buttons and when, you know, when to push, when to pull and to see those gifts and how to bring them all together when it needs to be done, you know, because not everybody at every time needs to be pushed, but sometimes they do, they need a kick in the ass. And seeing those gifts in people and knowing when, man, it's, it's incredible.
0: Exactly. Yeah. And Phil Jackson had phenomenal emotional Intelligence around his teams. That's how he could get Jordan and Pippen and Dennis Rodman play together. And uh, like he he knew what he was doing as a a human psychology. He understand understood human psychology and how to treat everyone differently. Not everyone the same.
1: Yeah, because everybody's their own their own (laughs) their own beast. You know, like and emotional intelligence is really interesting as well how has that been for you? Because for me, I, I did an emotional intelligence test and mm-hmm. I was like over too much empathy, too much compassion and not enough assertiveness, mm. which means not enough boundaries, and not being able to say things in later and then later exploding because it's been building yeah. up. Where are you with emotional intelligence and where, do you, where are you higher on the scale and like where can you improve or anything like that?
0: I I know I can, my wife will tell you that I can improve in my empathy. Yeah. Interesting. (laughs) And that's true. Because you Uh, seem very,
1: you seem like that would be like your, almost like your strongest from just talking to you.
0: Yeah, it's funny. Um, I mean, I I can read what's that someone's going through some stuff, but I don't, especially in more intimate relationships, I guess I'm more uh, like, let's just get through it or whatever. Right. And my wife is a super feeler. Like she is off the charts, empathetic. I'm off the charts as a thinker. So even how I understand emotional intelligence and thinking is I understand patterns and I understand, Uh, and I learned body language and I learned how to read what's going on in someone's world. And, and oftentimes I can spot on pretty well, know what's going on and how to pull things out, how to release traumas and I'm a master NLP practitioner too. So that helps. Um, But yeah, emotional intelligence is is key, especially in in uncertain or crazy times or that's where it begins, right? Is the emotional connection.
1: Yeah. And it's like having enough assertiveness, but then also not being an asshole yeah. Like being able to communicate in a way that's again understanding yet still, mm-hmm. you know, to the point. And it's it's just a dance. It's back and forth. And it you know, is, it's yeah. how do you cultivate these relationships so that you bring the best out of people yet you don't get walked all over? Mm-hmm. You know, like it's, <laughs> man, it's a challenge
0: it is it is um, but it's relationships you know I, um, in my masterminds and stuff and my coaching I love to talk about how one of the six core roles of a business owner is building exponential relationships so it's really that that um, relational intelligence would we, we get that dialed in man and and we can move make almost anything happen with the right relationships. What do you mean?
1: Unpack that a little bit more. mm -hmm. What do you mean?
0: So I, I can have a very mediocre idea, but if I know the right people Mm. and I know how to raise money and I have money backers and I have how to bring it to market, I have a great marketing team. It's, it's often not the best idea that wins. It's, it's usually the best, best marketed, best story told, you know, the, um, uh, you know, there's so many products out there that were like, if you look, all right, let's, what's the hot car of our day right now, right now, the Tesla. Well, what happened in 1903 when I think Mercedes and Nikola Tesla had, had, uh, they had their own electric cars. I can't remember if Mercedes, if Daimler did, but um, there was a battle between electric and gasoline, but who had, we know now today, electric is better for the planet. It's actually, you get more torque. It's more powerful. You know, energy usage and efficiency is dramatically better in a electric car versus a combustion engine. And... Um, imagine if we had had a hundred years of building out battery packs and the energy efficiency and electric cars, where would we be? I mean, look at just where we've come in 10 years. Yeah. And now all automakers are like Audi is no longer making gasoline powered cars starting in 2024. And a lot of like Mercedes has 31 models rolling out with uh, hybrid or electric engines. Um, the best idea didn't win 120 years ago. The ones with the biggest money and the biggest money pockets, like even look at COVID right now, how uh, we wouldn't, if you look at the smartest scientists, we're not necessarily doing what some of them would say. And then we're also not boosting our immune system. If you look yeah. if you eat fermented foods and take a lot of vitamin D and boost your health and immunity, uh, the death rate would be lower.
1: And the infection rate would be lower. Totally, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, it affects you way worse if your immune system shit. Like, I mean, it's.
0: (laughs) But is President Trump? You're talking about build your immune system. Is Fauci talking about no?
1: No. Yeah, it's. It's crazy, it's crazy, man, and yeah. If if this would have happened when. Let's like when social media like this wouldn't be as big of a deal 10 years ago, 15 years ago, if yeah, it wasn't so marketed, would you yeah. think, like, like if it wasn't in your face all the time or would it? Yeah. I don't know. It's.
0: Yeah. I, I don't know either, but yeah, it would be, it'd be a different world because there's so much fear and right now we don't know who to trust which side of the story is accurate at least in america and and it's just ultimately like hey heck look at president trump president trump's not the most polished politician not the best politician of all time but he had a better marketing campaign than the earliest look you know what was hillary's tagline no one really remembers i remember because i love this example but trump's was make america great again borrowing Ronald Reagan and he marketed a lot
1: better. Yeah. Marketing is huge, man. Would you say, what would you say then for businesses and entrepreneurs, what is the biggest reason they fail versus succeed? Is it like, let's say they're clear on their avatar. They're clear on their why. Would you say that marketing or what would you say would be the factor that you see most of these entrepreneurs or businesses struggling with?
0: Great question. Um, I think it's a, I don't know if there's a core answer, but in the beginning, if you can't get traction, that's going to be because your offer doesn't solve a real problem for mm. an avatar an avatar that is out there in big enough numbers. Um, so it's like, you know, Russell Brunson talks about your one funnel away. Well, it's, it's really your one offer away mm. that is, it can be sold through a funnel, but, um, as a business matures, it can become any number of factors. I mean, it's, there's like 17 different hats that we have to wear in the early stages of a business. And then, um, you know, finance, legal, et cetera. There's, there's so many variables, but if, if you get the fundamentals down, there's kind of like six pillars, operation, sales, marketing, administration, executive, um, what else would I say? There's, you know, let's just call it finance. You you get those six core areas really humming reasonably well. Um, you know, you've you've got some insulation. You can survive some speed bumps. But if you try, like I'm not, I, I'm good at maybe two of those. But a lot of entrepreneurs try and uh, be good at all six of them, or they hire the wrong people for some of the other six, or they don't delegate and lead effectively you know there's so many
1: variables would you say that like a ceo of a small company should really focus on sales for him like should be doing the selling until or or hire right away or like if you're the face of the company or whatever should you Mm -hmm. be like getting on calls as much as possible
0: if if that's your strength, like yeah. so one of my criteria for a good salesperson is they're usually uh sixty and above on the D and the I on the disc profile. Just as of um you know, profile I've hired probably fifty salespeople in my life. The best ones are like eighty and above on both. Um but if you're not that like I have a friend that has a freaking phenomenal PR company but he is low on the D. He's very high on the I, but he does not close. He does not, he's in the wrong position they got 19 employees. So they're not a small agency, but I've sent him like 30 leads and at least 10 of them should have closed.
1: What would you say the reason for that is though, is it usually a limited belief that just needs to be crushed or it, what?
0: No, he, he doesn't have that high, that D almost like the dog in the fight to close the deal.
1: Yeah, like the grand Cardone, Jordan Belfort kind yeah,
0: of Yeah. Exactly. Clue you got if someone's in sales and your business depends on sales um, versus marketing like you can have automated sales and all that but if you it's a high ticket item that's person-to-person sales you got to have the right hire the right salesperson like his business would just be at a whole other level if he just had the right uh, person with the right profile selling
1: would you say that a good test for a product that is meant to be for your avatar would be you would create sales from referrals? Like, how do you know if your thing is, is the right thing? Like, what are the signs you look for? Like, how do you, like say you haven't done a lot of marketing and you're kind of just new, you know, Mm -hmm. when, when do you, because there's obviously that, that point in the beginning where you kind of the unknown. Like, how do you, how long do you push before you go, you put the foot on the gas for marketing versus like organic and referrals and that kind of thing?
0: Good question. I, it, my most successful clients, like, the, I think of a Kristen Boss. Um, I challenged her back last fall. I was like, Kristen, before you design out and sell your program, get on at least 10 discovery calls with who you think your ideal avatar is and ask the same 10 to 15 questions that we helped her create, and take notes, take detailed notes, and then after that uh, round of discovery questions, you'll know what what they wanna buy, they'll tell you. Mm -hmm. And so she did it, and she actually did 28 discovery calls. And she lit it up, I mean, she's exploded, and she's well on her way to, uh, I mean, this year in her first year of coaching, she'll do a half a million, Next year she'll do uh, seven figures, easy. Like She's on that path, way more profitability, paid off debts, bought her husband a new truck, she's buying herself a new Mercedes. Like she's crushing it and on fire because she got really, really dialed in. And and before, again, that's before she launches a digital product. Too, too many people rush into launching a digital product when they're not totally certain of what people really care about. Now, as she's served and coached so many women entrepreneurs uh, for her, particularly in the social like network marketing type arena and other women you know, expert platform type deal, um, she's gonna be ready to create, a, she's already created a course, but she did that six months in. She's gonna be ready to crush that at the next level in the next six months.
1: Yeah, it's getting clear, right? It's you really got to do the work yeah. first.
0: Yeah. Exactly. One one of my favorite stories, uh you ever have Domino's pizza?
1: Oh, yeah, a few times. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah. Two times too
1: many, my friend. <laughs> right? Yes.
0: Well, when they did their big turnaround, like they were on the brink of going out. Yeah, they were the they are
1: terrible for a while. Yeah. Back in the day. Mhm.
0: And then they had this new CEO that came in and he he had this rule that every Friday he had his uh, executive assistant make a list of the top Domino's customers for the previous month, the people that had ordered the most pizzas, and get their phone number, and then he would call like as many uh, former Domino's or current Domino's customers that were those you know high tier clients or customers and get to know them, just find out their story, and then you know he'd be calling. Some single mom in the inner city in Detroit talking to her. You ordered 10 pizzas from us last month. Tell me about your life. Tell me about your story. Tell me about what's going on in your world. How do you handle that? Got to know his client, his customer, his ideal avatar so freaking well that then that's also when they came out with it. It's uh, delivered in 30 minutes or less or it's on us that revamped their business. And obviously now a lot of other pizza companies borrowed it from them, but that was a revolutionary, irresistible offer designed around their, their single mom.
1: Genius. Mm-hmm.
0: But it's, it's it's not rocket science at the end of the day. It's just he yeah, spent it's true. enough time getting to
1: know as core customer. Yeah, powerful lessons in, in companies like that. Yeah, like it's... It's such a smart business model. It's such yeah. a smart thing to do, yet nobody does it.
0: Yeah. Oh, and here, here you wanna see a couple of bad examples. People that have screwed up. All yeah. right. Um Ford Mustang. Who's their target avatar? I don't even know. Yeah. <laughs> I, I I was their target avatar when I was in high school
1: in college. Yeah, right? actually me too. How old are you?
0: I'm uh, forty
1: one. Okay, I'm I'm gonna be thirty seven, so we're around yeah. the same age.
0: Yeah, yeah well guess guess what they got now their their whole model their new ford mustang mock is like i mean it looks pretty but it's it's an suv it's yeah. an suv car <laughs> that's a total different different demographic yeah. why are you this was supposed to be the hot rod car yeah just name that car something else and sell it under a different name like call it the whatever the tori or whatever don't call it the frigging Ford Mustang. Yeah. Um, and then Taco Bell, when they they used to have a healthy menu option, but then who's their avatar? It's like college dudes, at midnight. <laughs> it, it, they don't they don't care about healthy, uh, gluten free vegetables on their tacos. They double fry my double gordita, double stack. Yeah. And and they, they suffered, their sales went way down because they created a product that wasn't based on their audience.
1: Yeah, you see that in fast food a lot, even McDonald's. It's like, look, if I'm going to McDonald's, I'm going to do the McDonald's burger. I'm going to do it properly. Mm-hmm. If I want a salad, I'm not going to go to McDonald's. I mean, yeah. I get it. It's nice to have that. But like, like I'm going, like I rarely go to McDonald's anymore. Yeah. But if I do, like I'm probably going to just do it. I'm probably going to, you know, do the classics. Right? right. Yep. Like it's, yeah, it's, it's interesting how they, they try these things over the years and mm-hmm. it just doesn't respond. Right. No. Yeah. Has there been any, obviously we all read a lot of books and you probably get asked this, but has there been any, like, I'm going to go Tim Ferriss on you. Like, what is one book that you would gift to somebody that had like a lot of impact on you that you feel has that helped you, but would really help somebody with where they need to be or where to start?
0: Great question. So the books that I've gifted the most war of art by Stephen Pressfield, which talks about that inner battle of resistance. And that's the greatest battle we come across. I actually just ordered, I've given away over a hundred of those books. Mm-hmm. um additionally you are a badass at making money because it's i think the best version of like a modern money mindset book um and usually i find that's that's really uh key um and then also of course four hour work week never eat alone is phenomenal for um for building phenomenal relationships and then i'd add i really like this other book it's it's heady it's like a thinking book called the road less stupid by Keith Cunningham. That's a terrific one. Um, And if it's the guy that's impacted me a lot and he's deep into business, smart dude, really smart dude. That's I'd probably give him the road less stupid because he's probably not heard of it or read it, but it's really phenomenal.
1: We'll have them all in the show notes. It's always good because like there's a few of those that I haven't, like I've heard of war of art. But it's always good to hear these different books. There's so many good books out there. You know, we yeah. kinda hear the same ones all the time. But like sometimes you'll hear these ones, you're know, like, shit, I've never heard that one. Or I haven't yeah, heard yeah. that much, right? Yeah. Yeah. And they yeah, all have these like crazy great. impact. Like it's it's amazing what a book. Mm-hmm. Like I've been doing reading a lot more of like kind of like learning more like the untethered soul. I've talked about it that on show. Great. yeah, Stuff like that to really like I don't know. And, and just more of those kind of deeper books to kind of like, I like the business books. I like all that, but like, I really, um, and there was another book called Awareness by Anthony DeMello. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I read
0: that. Tim. That's mm-hmm. uh
1: yeah, that was awesome. I listened to that on audio, man.
0: Yeah. His, his other book, uh, The Weight, Way, Way of Love. Yeah. So good. It's like little, and it's bite-sized but man it's it's got some deep profound
1: elements in that. Yeah. Yeah man, what are you working on right now? Where where is everybody? Where can we check you out? Where's uh, you got anything uh exciting happening?
0: Yeah, I've got a whole a whole new book coming out very very soon called Twice Born How a Crisis Can Remake You. So really pumped about that. Um, it 's basically my own journey, and then what helped me pull through mentally is just i, I it 's like all all the balls I was juggling just started following one after another and uh, so that's I think it 's perfect timing because of our culture what we 're going through is like crisis after crisis right now um, and then Instagram you know michael R zeller Michael Zeller on Facebook and LinkedIn and mikezeller.com dot com my website but then you know, I've got different masterminds. Symposia is my mastermind for the successful expert. So think authors, speakers, consultants, podcasters, writers. Um, I, love, I love what we're doing there. And I'm having so many people will have breakthroughs and like, you know, hit 62 grand in a month for the first time and that type deal. Um, and that's, that's been a lot of fun. And then I got an e-commerce mastermind with Colin Wayne that he's he'll do about a hundred million this year in his e-commerce brand red line steel. And um, just got a lot of good synergy between me and him in building mm.
1: that. Dude, you got a lot going on. <laughs>
0: well, <laughs> I'm, I'm a creator in the wealth dynamics, so I can handle <laughs> a lot of projects. So that's I'm awesome. good at starting that's stuff. I'm not good at finishing stuff.
1: <laughs> yeah. That. Well, I mean, at least you realize that. And that's why, you know, you find, you find the right relationships. And get everybody in their zones, right? <laughs> that's
0: right. That's right. So, that's well, great.
1: brother, if I always I always end things with this with this one last question, and it's kind of like you know what you're talking about in your new book or crisis or adversity. Out of all the things you've gone through in your life, what is one lesson that adversity or crisis, or whatever we want to call it, what is the number one lesson that that has taught you?
0: Our crises or our resistance, is there to lift us, not hold us down. If you think of a Boeing 737, that sucker weighs, do you know how how many tons a Boeing 737 weighs? 485 tons. How does that sucker, that giant mass of weight, get up into the sky? As it speeds up, they put the wing flaps down, and it's actually the resistance that lifts it up. Without the resistance, it would stay on the ground. And just crater off the runway. There's a resistance that actually causes us to rise. So, even as I went through my crisis, it was about how a crisis can remake you. You go through a crisis, you, most people now, you can let yourself fall to the earth and never get back up, right? But the, the heart of a champion, the heart of an overcomer, one who defies the odds, they get back up, they, they can take another punch. And you look at some of the greatest stories in history. Winston Churchill in early 1930s, everyone thought he was done. He was basically in political exile for 10 years until literally months before he was elected prime minister of England again. He had made dumb decision after dumb decision and had just lost political favor. Neville Chamberlain was the rising star, the superstar. Then, of course, Neville Chamberlain has to step aside 10 years later for Winston Churchill. So, you know, our crisis can remake us. Our resistance is what is going to lift us. Ryan Holiday wrote a book, Obstacle is the Way, um, that partly hits on that. So I think it's a gift. You know, it's, yeah. it's a painful, it's a, it's a hard pill to swallow, but it does us a lot of good at the end of the day.
1: Well said, brother. <laughs> i couldn't agree with you more man <laughs> dude thank yeah. you so much man this was awesome i really appreciate it there's no a pleasure. lot of there's a lot of gold in there bro i'm gonna have to re-listen to this
0: <laughs> uh, sounds good me too uh, <laughs> i really enjoyed connecting lance and me dude, too, anything bro. i can do to support you along the way let me know too
1: likewise brother thanks so much man thanks everybody thanks everybody make sure to check out mike go follow him Um, He's got some amazing knowledge. And the guy works with people that are just crushing it. And he's he's open and vulnerable about, you know, where he's strong, where he's weak. And that's really what it's all about, right? We're not all gonna be amazing and everything, but how do you find that zone of genius? How do you tap into that? How do you get rid of the crap in your mind that's stopping you, right? If you guys got value from this, let us know. Leave us a review, tag us in a story. And for all of you that were new to this, if you haven't subscribed yet, hit that subscribe button on Apple. It doesn't cost you anything. What it does is it shows up and you'll get the, you'll be on top of the episodes Monday, Wednesday, Wednesday, Friday. So you don't even have to have to think about it. They'll just show up and they'll pop up for you. All right. Love you guys. I appreciate you. Stay safe, stay healthy. We'll catch you next time.